Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Tell the person next to you, say, you're amazing. Now tell them, I know. (laughs) But yeah, you guys have been amazing. Thanks for being so welcoming to me. Uh, Thanks for just being respectful and uh, hanging out and... Shout out all the guys I hoop with. Thanks for making me look good the past. Thanks for keeping the dynasty going. Good job. Um, but yeah, it's a privilege to be here. Are you guys happy you came to RVR this week? Anybody grad? Come on. If you love your counselor, make some noise. If you have the best counselor. I don't know if they believe you. I don't know. So I really, I was, oh man, I love that. Uh, have you ever seen somebody just be like, dang, I wish I could do that. That's how I feel about that poet guy. Like he has like the perfect beard and like, I can't even grow a beard. Well, I choose not to. My body chooses not to grow a beard. It's not that I can't. Uh, but no, I just, I loved what he talked about. And I didn't get a chance to see it. That was my first time watching it when you guys were watching it. And I loved how he talked about your purpose. How many of you have ever wondered, what's my purpose? Like, why am I really, really here? Have you ever wondered that? Like, I, th- I think that's a common question just for human beings. Like, if you live um, and go through the human being exi- experience, at some point you have to kind of wonder, like, what's the point? And uh, one thing I love about the Bible is that it doesn't discriminate based on age or gender. It, it says over and over again repeatedly, that God created you on purpose, so you're not an accident. You're not the result of one too many drinks by your parents. Uh, you're not the result of just some sperm donor who was a deadbeat dad. Like, no, 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 no. God created you on purpose for a purpose. So you have a specific reason. You have a specific, uh, I'd almost call it like uh, an a assignment or quest um, or purpose for your life. And... The only way to actually discover what it is um, is to get connected to the one who gave it to you. That's what I believe. Like, if, if, this, if this thing tried to tell me, you know, it was a Jolly Rancher, I'd be like, no, it's a, it's a music stand. It's a music stand. And no matter how hard it tries to be a Jolly Rancher, no matter if it says, you know, like, no, it's, it's created to hold music. And it actually is really beneficial because one Jolly Rancher does nothing for all of us, right? Maybe one person gets to benefit from it. But a music stand that holds music that all of us are able to listen to and participate to worship through, it actually blesses all of us when it, when it gets in alignment with its purpose, when it agrees to be what it was created for. Does that make sense? And so I think the challenge for you as a teenager is you have to decide, are you going to live your life your way, which you totally can, or are you going to choose to submit your will to the will of your creator and live a a fulfilling, exciting, satisfactory life that you were created and designed for? That's really the question of life is what path are you going to follow, your will or God's will? And I want to read you a scripture, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, 
Um, and I think I know we have it for you. And I'm going to just tell you guys whoever's doing slides tonight. Can we get the slides people and the production people a round of applause? Yes. You're amazing. And we definitely got to give them a round of applause tonight because I'm going to be all over the place. So I hope you can keep up. This is like that last night ADD sermon where we don't know what he might say. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let's pray in a second. As for you, you were dead in transgressions. Trans, that's, a, that's a super califragilisticexpialidocious word. Transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Everybody say used to. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Go to verse 11, please. Therefore, remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised, ask your parents what that means, uh, by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in this world. That's the last verse? Cool. So this, what he's doing right now, the author of this, he's kind of describing like the before effect and the after effect. Have you guys ever seen like those pictures of like before and after? And uh, how many guys remember, how many guys have had braces? Who's had braces? Not have, you've had them. Like you did it, you're finished. It, there's no better feeling I hear than just being done with it, right? It's like the best feeling, like, like, oh, man, you didn't learn the first time. Oh. Yeah, so remember what it was like when, like, you know, you had, like, the J. Cole, the crooked letter smile, and then you got that. Oh, it was painful. You got the wires. You got the things. You had to go through that process. But after, you had that. <laughs> You're like, why are you? <laughs> You're like, close your mouth. What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, it just felt better after. And that's what he's saying to them. He's like, don't forget what it was like before you knew Jesus. Don't forget what it was like before you had a healthy relationship with God. Because after, things are so much better. But if you're not careful, you can go back to like everyone else who just does what they feel like because they don't know any better. They don't know that their smile is jacked up. They don't know that, you know, there's something that can be fixed but isn't fixed yet. And so he's like, I want you to remember what it was like before so that you can appreciate what you had after. And I, um, here, here, here's, I think, where it comes in. It's important for you guys. Your generation are very, um, I don't like to stereotype. Stereotypes are bad, right? But here's what people say about you. I don't say it, but it's been said. That you guys are the most emotional, <laughs> the most um, insecure, 
I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling what, the, I'm telling what those so-called experts say. Um, the most socially connected but internally isolated and the least self-aware generation that's existed in the humanity of it. Like, that's, 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 what, that's what the old people are saying. Hey, I'm, now, hey, I would never throw a label on you. I just want you to know it, that it exists. And, and, and here's what's, here's, I want to be serious for a second. Here's the danger of that. Because so many of you are so focused on doing what you feel, and you're, because so, so many of you live your life based on how you feel, oftentimes you make decisions that you can't take back because of how you are feeling in a moment. And you make a permanent decision based on a temporary feeling. Give you an example. How many of you have ever uh, had a crush? Okay, cool, cool. How many of you have ever had a crush that did not crush you back? Okay. How many of you then mentally wanted to crush that crush for not, yeah. And so maybe you posted something subliminally on Snapchat or Twitter. Or, 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 or. Let's say the crush did work. Let's say it was a mutual. You shot your shot. They accepted it. You slid in the DMs. You were safe. For a couple of weeks. And then he found out he was talking to every other girl at the high school. <laughs> so, so here's what I see happen all the time with, with teenagers. They emotionally get very uh, uh, in, engaged. Emotionally engaged, not literal. Some of y'all do get literally engaged. <laughs> the wedding's off. <laughs> but, but, but listen, listen, listen. I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't help it. But 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 here here's the thing here's the thing, you get you get like all you get you get emotionally all wrapped into some some, like have you ever like got your phone took? Have you ever seen the kid that like, have you ever seen like the kid who like, the mom cancels the Xbox Live account and he like starts trashing the room and stuff's like I hate you I hate all of you and why do you hate like just tripping out like bro. Are you get your phone took like do you guys remember when streaks were a thing on Snapchat? Did you guys did you guys did y'all do that? Oh, it's still a thing? Well, you guys are screwed because you're at camp. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, my point with all this is that oftentimes, you know, that's it's kind of funny to, like, see a kid spaz out because, you know, he can't play COD anymore. He can't play Minecraft and get his, get his tablet privileges taken away. Or you see your, your teenage sister tripping out because mom took her phone and she can't talk to her friends. And everybody hates her. But let me ask you something. What about the kid who uh, gets rejected by somebody, feels like they're not enough, and so they, re they resort to self-harm? What about the kid that you thought it was funny to make fun of them, and you made them hit their breaking point, and they took their life? 
This is the danger of living a life that's led by your emotions instead of being led by living a life that's led by God. The, I told you guys, I think I told you guys, I was a youth pastor for like over 10 years. And so it was the fun, it's so much fun, like just hanging out with teenagers. Um, but I'll never forget, I had just moved from California to Arizona, and I got the phone call uh, that one of my former students from California, his family had came home, and he, had, he was hanging in the garage. And it blew my mind because his name was Hosea. He was 14 at the time. And he was a good kid. You know, he, he always kept to himself. He was really quiet. He had a great family. His family loved him. But he was wrestling with a lot of dark things on the inside that he never communicated to anybody. He would just isolate himself and keep to himself. And at, one, at some point, those demons he was struggling alone with they won that day. And the ripple effect that it had on his family and on his community and on his friends was devastating. Because everyone was left thinking, I wish I would have known. I wish there was something I could have done. I wish, I wish, I wish. But it was too late at that point. And, and when I see you, I know you can come to this camp and you can have fun and you can smile and you can do the church karaoke thing. But there's going to be a point when you have to go back home and only you know what you're dealing with. Only you know the thoughts that run inside your mind. Only you know the, the feelings that you feel. And so my prayer for you and my, my, my message for you tonight is simple. This is the big idea for tonight. I want you to mentally write this down or physically write this, whatever. But this is the thought. You matter more than you think. You matter more than you know. Who do you matter to? One, you matter to God. If no one else ever tells you they're proud of you, if no one else ever tells you they love you, if no one else ever makes you feel seen, you need to know that the one who created everything thinks about you all the time. Like it's low-key obsessive. Like he just doesn't stop thinking about you. You need to know that you matter to God. The second thing you need to know is that you matter to your friends. Like you matter to them. Even the ones that you think don't, you matter to them. More importantly, you matter to your family. You matter. And also, I hope you felt it this week, you matter to us. I want you to know that all the adults here, all these counselors here, like they could have been doing so many other things this summer. They could have been getting internships in their degree field. They could have been doing Uber Eats or Lyft. They could have, I mean, I don't know what they could have done, but I'm sure they could have done stuff. And yet they chose to spend their summer making sure that you knew that you mattered. The reason this camp exists is to remind you that you matter. You matter more than you know. And that should matter to you because the way you live your life is a reflection of how you view yourself. 
The choices you make are a reflection of how you view yourself. I can always tell a kid who doesn't think highly of himself because he'll do stupid, he or she will do stupid things to get attention because they don't really know their worth. So they'll think they'll have to do things to be enough because they don't realize that them being is already enough. Your worth is not found in what you do. Your worth is found in who you are. You can never do enough to matter more. It doesn't matter how many followers you have. It doesn't matter how, how highly ranked you are in lacrosse or soccer. It doesn't matter who likes you back. None of that matters. None of that changes your worth. Your worth is God-given. The Bible says in Jeremiah that um, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. That means you mattered for a long time. Now, the hard thing about life is that as you live, there's going to be all these things that try to convince you that you don't matter enough. For example, once you post a picture, how crazy is it that society has created, created a system to rank your worth? Well, that was a cute picture, but it only got 18 likes. That picture got 28 likes. That picture got 28,000 likes. And you will judge your worth based on how others view you instead of how God views you and, more importantly, how you view yourself. And so when it comes into purpose, everybody say purpose. You will never know your purpose by comparing your life to someone else. You'll never figure it out. If, if you were to spend your entire life Trying to be the best, what's your favorite sport? What's your favorite thing to do? It's okay. No, 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 no. Because here's another thing. Here's another thing. Some of us don't know what we're good at. How many of you guys are like, I, I, I don't know what I'm really good at yet. Like, I just tried things, but I don't really. That, that's okay. That's okay. It actually worked out. It's okay to not know. What you're great at. It's okay to not know where you're supposed to be tomorrow. It's okay to not have your career. How many of you guys know what college you're going to go to, what degree you're going to get, and what job you're going to get after college? You already know? You know what job you're going to get after college, Z? You know what job you're going to get. What job are you going to get? Well, it's a good answer. What happens if you get in a car accident and your hands break? Do you want to have that Dr. Strange stuff where you just, yeah. no, it doesn't work like that. Here's my point with that, and I think that's an amazing dream, and I believe in you, and I want you to be a veterinarian so I can send my dog to you and stop getting charged too much. But, but here, here's what I want you to understand. Here's the thing about purpose. You can't control tomorrow. You can't control. Your parents could decide to pack up and leave tomorrow, and you can end up living in Costa Rica. You think one hour distance from your boyfriend is long? Wait till you're on a, a whole plane ride. Like when Caroline says, we're going to Costa Rica? You're like, what's your point? Here's my point. If you only live your life based on what, if you only find happiness or joy in things you can control or things that other people tell you're good at, you'll never be happy. But if you were to surrender your life to someone who loves you, to someone who has a better plan for you, amazing things will happen. Let me, let me give you an example for how this happened to me. Um, my whole life, 
I wanted to be an NBA player. I'm like, that's all I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be an NBA player. I'm gonna go to the league. I'm gonna go D1. Then I'm gonna go to the league. How many, how many players, how many athletes are gonna go D1? Like, that's your, like, I wanna go D1 out. Okay, three of us. Okay, cool. Never mind. I love homeschool camps too. This is great. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so I thought I was gonna, so then I, I played basketball my whole life. I, everything's ball is life. Like, ball is life. That was my life. And then my sophomore year in college, right after the season, I fractured my ankle really bad. And I couldn't walk for like six months. And that was the last time I played uh, organized competitive or collegiate basketball. And so I was mad at God. I was mad at that player who I fell on his ankle. I was mad at myself. I was just mad because I felt like I lost my purpose. I was like, my whole purpose was to be a basketball player. And now I can't play basketball, so my life sucks. And then my wife, I got married. And then my wife was like, I want to start going back to church. And I was like, why? I like to watch football on Sundays. She's like, no, we're going to go to church. So we start going to church again. And uh, she, then she wanted to volunteer. And then we start volunteering at church with teenagers. I know. Ugh. It's not you. It's you. And... And so we started volunteering at church this year. And I'm not going to lie. I was like, I only did it to make my wife happy. I was like, happy wife, happy life. I got three kids. I don't even like kids. I just like my wife. Okay. And so, <laughs> and so we start volunteering. And then the weirdest thing happened. I'm like taking kids home after church. I'm going to these basketball games. My church, my kids were sitting on the bench, but I was like, hey, Jimmy, I believe in you, you know. <laughs> and, like, I started to like them. And then I started to love them. And then I ended up, like, committing my whole life to just working with teenagers. It was the craziest thing. And then I remember this one time when I was a youth pastor, um, Something happened where the, the pastor of the church I was at, he was like, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to sub in for me. I'm like, okay, what you need me to do? He's like, I need you to go run the chapel for the Phoenix Suns tonight. And I was like, okay. So I go, to the, I go to the arena, I go to the locker room, and it was the craziest thing. All the guys that I would look at on TV and think, I want to be like them, they're asking me to help them in their lives and to pray for them and to talk to them about God. And it was crazy because if I had made up in my mind that the only way I'll be happy in life is if I get to be in the NBA, I would have never had the opportunity to be a blessing to the NBA players. Do you see how God works? And it just it was one of the it was one of the many times where God shifted my perspective and showed me that his purpose was better than my purpose. Because if I went to the NBA, that would have been good for me. I would have made money, but I wouldn't have changed anybody's life. Another crazy thing happened though because that was like one of the highlights of how God works out but then let's all be honest how many guys have had something bad happen in your life like you're like this is this sucks yeah I showed you a picture of my family you guys remember I showed you my family you got that picture again I just I haven't seen them in a couple days I just want to see my kids I know I know yeah so so cool, interesting story. So my son, Justice, legend, the little legend, he wasn't supposed to be here. What happened was, well, God wanted him to be here, but that's not, I shouldn't have started out like that. 
he almost wasn't really here. That sounds better. So Justice was born two months early, premature. And it was crazy because I'd always wanted a son, but I didn't think I'd have a son. And then when I, when I finally had a son, he was born prematurely, and he was stuck in the, in, the, in the NICU, the ICU for babies, with cords all around his body. And they didn't know if he was going to make it. And then at the same time, my wife got, she, she had to have an emergency procedure done to have the baby because it happened too early. And then she got an infection, and then she was stuck in the hospital too. So at the same time, my wife and my only firstborn baby, or son, are stuck in the hospital. And can I be honest with you guys? I was mad at God. Because I was like, why would you give me a son, a little mini-me, somebody I'm, I'm so excited for, and then take him away? I was like, this does not seem like a good purpose for me. What was the point? And that lasted for a little bit, but then I thought about something. I remember that the, the Bible says that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so I made a decision. And uh, worshiping you guys come on back. I'm laying in the plane, whatever that means. And I made a decision. I said, you know what? I have two options. I can be bitter or I can be better. And so what I decided is that every day that my son was in the hospital, I was going to commit to keep telling kids about Jesus. I was going to keep talking to my youth group. I was going to keep going to high schools. I was going to keep going to junior high schools. I was going to keep telling other people about the love of God. And something crazy happened. My son was in the hospital. This was like, I would like, I would go to a youth night. I'd be telling you about Jesus. And then I'd go to the hospital and spend the night with my son. And he was like, all small and tiny, and he you know, couldn't really move too much because he had all these cords and wires all over his body. And uh, I would do it every day, every day. And then at our church, we were doing this big Halloween party for students, and we were you know, doing all these crazy things. We were giving out Justin Bieber tickets and Crocs, and I tried to give a PS5 away, but I, you know how hard it is to find a PS5? My goodness. So we're doing all these giveaways for kids, and we're, we're doing all these things so we can have this big Halloween party. And my son had been in the hospital. It had been 10 days. Then it had been 20 days. Then it was 30 days. Then it was 40 days of my son stuck in the hospital. Like, I never was able to hold him without nurses around. I was never able to take him home. He never, he wasn't, he never, he didn't meet his sisters or, or my favorite kid, our dog. He's just stuck in the hospital. But I don't know if you guys remember, but I told you on night two that your perspective will either be your passport or be your prison. And that's how it is when it comes to the purpose God has for your life. If you believe that God, that you matter to God, and that everything in your life, if you trust him with it, he'll work it out, then you'll see opportunities and openings for amazing things to happen. But if you're so focused on, well, nobody cares about me, and God can't care about me, or bad things wouldn't happen to me, you'll miss it. And so for 10 days and then 20 days and then 30 days and then 40 days, I'm just going to youth group and I'm telling kids about Jesus and I'm going to the hospital to see my wife and son and I'm just repeating it over and over again. And then on the 44th day, on October 31st, 2021, the craziest thing happened. 
I got the phone call that says Justin can come home. Justice can come home. Like that's why Halloween's my, that's like our new favorite family holiday. Like it's like, we go stupid for Halloween. That's the devil's day, not no more. That's justice's day. And so he got to come home, but then I had a problem. Cause remember I had that, I had that youthful bit, the Halloween party on October 31st. So I was like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? Do I like go to the hospital and get my kid or do I go to the Halloween party? And I remembered that, you know what? If God had been so faithless to bring my, get my, home, my son healthy and bring him home, and I've waited 44 days, I can wait 45 more minutes. So I did the craziest thing I've ever done. We had multiple, we had two different, yeah, three, but two different campuses we were doing the Halloween party at for our church, and they're like 30 minutes apart. And so what I did is I, I went to one, and it was hundreds of kids, and I preached them about Jesus like this, and then I jumped in my car, and I went way too fast to the freeway to a whole nother city to do the same thing. And when I got to the other campus, uh, you know, it's over, over 300 and something kids showed up, and this one girl goes, and I told him the story, like, I got to get out of here because my son's home. And she's like, why are you here? <laughs> she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I thought you would be appreciative. Like, I, I chose to, you know. But she's like, what's wrong with you? What kind of dad are you? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you ever thought you did something good and you felt, you were like, oh, this isn't, oh, it's not good? And this is what I told her. I thought all that. But I wasn't going to let her punk me like that. So I clapped back at her. That's what I told her. I said, I'm going to go see my son today. But I had to come here first because you matter to God. And I needed you to know how much you matter to God. I need you to know that you matter so much to God that I would sacrifice waiting another 45 minutes to see my newborn son just so that you would know for sure how much, God, how much you matter to God, how much he loves you. Can I tell you guys something crazy? That night, between the two campuses, 44 students gave their life to Jesus. On the 44th day of my son being hospitalized, 44 students came to know the love of God. Now, here's what, what wouldn't have happened. If I would have been so focused on the pain of not having what I wanted, I would have missed out on the purpose of teenagers just like you across the country being able to find hope and freedom and love. Because I could have been like, no, I canceled this whole event. I'm done. We'll figure it out later. But here's what I need you to know. Everything that you go through in life, whatever pain you're feeling, whether it's your family life, whether it's friends that have betrayed you, whether it's a person that's rejected you, every pain that you go through, God will use it to feel your purpose. God doesn't waste tears. The Bible says he catches every tear that you cry. Even the thug tears, you fellas, that you don't let drop, that you just. <sighs> he catches those too. Now, here's what I want you to know tonight. Can you stand up? Here's what I want you to know tonight. If no one else ever knows your name, You need to make a decision that it's enough that Jesus knows your name. If no one else tells you that you're worth it, or that you're special, or that you're good enough, you need to know that you're more than good enough. 
Jesus thought you were worth so much that he decided that you were worth dying for. So I think the only proper response would be to, to say that then he must be worth living for. I don't know if you guys know this, but the biggest threat, the, 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 the most uh, statistically speaking, the number one um, cause of fatalities for teenagers is not COVID, it's not car accidents, it's not school shooters. The number one cause of death for kids between the ages of 10 to 18 is suicide. You know the cause of suicide? A lack of hope. Of believing the lie that tomorrow won't be any better than today. Of allowing the feeling of depression to rob you of the fact of hope and love and life. Like, like, depression, it's real, but it's a feeling. Trust me, I'm, it's real. I've dealt with it. I, I understand. It's real, but it's a feeling. But a fact is that you're worth it, that you matter, that you're loved. Like, those are facts. The fact is that someone died for you so that you don't have to die yourself. That's facts. That's history. So here's my question for you tonight. And maybe you're like... <clears throat> Well, I don't struggle with suicidal thoughts or I don't struggle with depression and, and I'm, not, I'm proud of you but are you living a life that's less than the life God died for you to have are you settling for less are you, are you really living out the purpose God has for you are you just trying to fit in or skate by or do just enough because in my opinion and, and this is what I believe Anything less than the best that God has for you is an insult to God. If you were to live your life anything less than the absolute best that he has in store for you, you're settling, you're messing up, you're missing it. So here's what I want to do tonight. I believe a lot of us, we walked into this camp knowing who we're not not the best athlete, not the prettiest, I don't have the best figure, I don't have the most money. Like you, you walk in knowing what you're not. But I believe that this week, God wants you to walk out of here knowing who you can be. You can be a world changer. You can be the first person in your family to know Jesus. I don't know if I'd finished the story yesterday, but that 15 year old girl that broke up with me, remember? Just like the nerve of her, the audacity. Put that picture back up real quick for me, please. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. I know. She's so blessed, I know. I forgave her for making the worst mistake of her life. No, but think about this. Think about this. This is how funny God works. This is I love this whole kingdom tapestry and the, the braids and the cords and all the things. If she had never broke my heart in a moment, I would have never given it to God for the rest of my life. What if the pain that she went through wasn't to break you, it was to build you 
into who God wants you to become. The family situation, the friend situation, the school situation, the sports situation, the disability that other people have labeled you with, whatever it is, the, the lack of a, a, a home, the lack of a real fit, true family, whatever it is. What if all those things were designed to somehow push you closer to your maker so that you could then use your story to change the life of someone else? If I never got broke up with at 15, I wouldn't come back at 32 to tell you about the realness and the love of Jesus. If my son had never gone to the hospital for 44 days, 44 students would have never heard the gospel. And I'm not really that special. I mean, I matter more than I know. But what I'm saying is like, there's no difference for me to you. I mean, you have better hair. But other than that, like there's no difference. Do you hear what I'm saying? And, 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 and I want to get off the stage because I want us to do something. Can I get all the counselors to stand up? I don't know what you, you probably already are. But here's what I want to do. They're going to do this worship thing, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to have a moment where if you need prayer, if you need encouragement, the counselors are going to pray with you. If you need someone to just remind you that you matter, if you, need, if you just need to get something off your chest, you just need someone to pray with you and to have faith with you. Maybe, maybe you don't have faith right now. Maybe you've been through a lot and you don't feel like you have a lot of faith right now. There's so many, there's so many stories in the Bible where friends would bring their, 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 their jacked up friend to Jesus because the friend couldn't move and Jesus would bless the friend. He'd heal the friend because of the other friend's faith. What if God uses your faith to change your friends or your family? Like there's no limit to what he can do. And if you're going through something right now and you just need somebody to pray with you, uh, we're going to have counselors. Should we guys have you at the front? I didn't think this through logistically. Should we be better here on the sides or how are we going to do this? Okay. Uh, counselors are going to be all around the front. And here's what I'm going to invite you to do. Be honest. Be honest about what you're going through. Be honest about how you feel. You're only as sick as your secrets. I don't want you to be like Jose and hear, off, hear every single week how God loves you, but you never believe it for yourself. And then when you go back home, you fall back into a destructive lifestyle of self-harm or negative self-thoughts or a toxic relationship. I don't want that for you. So make a decision. Make a decision to leave here differently than, than you came in. Is that fair? I want to pray over you, and then the counselors are going to be able, available to pray. And we're going to worship, and it's going to be an amazing night. God, I thank you for every single person in this place. I thank you that they are beautifully and wonderfully made. I thank you that there are no accidents in this room. There are no mistakes in this room. This is a room full of purpose. And even though a lot of us haven't figured out what it is yet, we haven't tapped into what you want for our lives, I believe that in this moment tonight, God, we're at least willing to say, here, are, you can have our life. We're willing to give it to you. I pray that every negative word that's been spoken over these students in here, whether it was from a teenager, whether it was from a parent, whether it was from some other adult or some random stranger, every death, every, every word of death, every word of, of harm that was spoken over them, I pray that you release it from them and that they don't believe those lies anymore. I pray that they hold on to truth of what you say about them. 
I pray, God, that your voice is the most powerful voice in their life. Let them believe you more than they believe themselves. Let them, let them believe and know that they are really loved, that they really matter, and that there really is more for their life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.